This is Stability, financial talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell from Stability Partners. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gene and Brian provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Stability Financial Talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell. Hello, and welcome back to Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. My name's Gene Casagrande. And I'm Brian Powell from Stability Partners. And today we're going to talk about Social Security. So if you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, just give us a call at 832-559-8393. Or visit us online at stabilityfinancialtalk.com. And you can check out our past shows there on our archive. And you can also subscribe to our program at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on Spotify. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions. And you can even set up a face-to-face meeting with us. You know, Brian, for many people, Social Security is the linchpin of their overall retirement strategy. So today, we're going to take a look at some Social Security do's and don'ts that people nearing retirement may want to know. Yeah, Social Security is just absolutely essential for millions of retirees. It's a cornerstone of what they're um, living on in um, retirement. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, you're absolutely right that Social Security is vital for many Americans. And did you know that Social Security is keeping nearly 15 million retirees out of poverty? Wow. And beyond that, millions more rely on the program to supplement their income and protect their quality of life during retirement. And, you know, no matter what role you expect Social Security to play in your retirement financial strategy, it's important to have a good feel for how the program operates and to really especially know some of its basic rules. And I know Social Security is something I get asked about a lot when we meet with our clients, and I'm always interested to uh, track it when it pops up in uh, financial news sources that I follow. So the, the, the first thing our audience should remember is that many are eligible to claim Social Security when they turn 62. A lot of people that's, think that's their target and, and get it as soon as they can. But really, that's just the first age that you're eligible. And it's not really considered your full retirement age or what is referred to in the business as your FRA. So if you aren't already retired, Social Security assigns you an FRA. And for most people, that age is currently between 66 and 67. And it's really 67 now for the most part. Yeah. You know, one thing I found is that many people don't know how Social Security benefits are calculated. The Social Security Administration uses your average earnings from the 35 years that you earned the most money. And if you work less than 35 years, those missing years are calculated as zeros. And to our earlier point, if you don't want to work until your full retirement age, you may file for Social Security at age 62. But filing before your full retirement age comes with a trade-off. If you file before your full retirement age, your monthly benefit is obviously going to be smaller. Uh, And there's going to be some weird fractions coming up, but for each of the 
first 36 months you claim your benefit before your full retirement age, your benefit is reduced by five-ninths of a percent. Five-ninths. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and if you file more than 36 months before your FRA, your monthly payment is reduced an additional five-twelfths of 1% uh, uh, for each month over the initial 36 months. I don't make up these fractions. I just report them. So, okay. And, and, you know, I'd certainly say those qualify as strange fractions and the downside of filing for Social Security before your full retirement age, right? So let's talk about what happens if you work past your full retirement Yuck. age or maybe just don't start drawing your benefit until that age. Waiting past your full retirement age to claim Social Security will increase your monthly benefit. And here's an interesting twist. You hit 100% of your Social Security benefit at your full retirement age, but your benefit can grow past that 100%. So you're first eligible at age 62, you hit your full retirement age, now closer to 67, and the maximum Social Security benefit kicks in when you turn 70. So all of that said, if you're in good health and you enjoy work, it might be wise to keep working until you're 70. Now, whether that's actually an appropriate decision, you know, depends on your unique goals for retirement. And longevity and things like that. But it does seem like more people are interested in working longer. How, how much does a person's benefit increase if they keep going to work in, in, or the office after they've reached their full retirement age? Well, for each year after your the full retirement age that a person delays filing Social Security up until age 70, their benefit increases by 8% each year. And according to Social Security Administration's tables, the most a person filing for Social Security in 2020 at age 70 can receive is $3,790 per month. There is one caveat that some of our listeners should be aware of. You must be fully qualified to for Social Security before your full retirement age to get this increase. You'll need to have worked and paid your Social Security taxes for at least 10 years. And if you're still in the process of qualifying for Social Security after you've reached your full retirement age, you don't qualify for the increase. So no matter really how you expect Social Security to fit into your overall retirement strategy, you really need to familiarize yourself with a program as a whole, as well as all the different options it can hold specifically for you. And working with an advisor who knows this can be really helpful. You know, another element of Social Security that our listeners should note is that your lifetime benefit doesn't change based on timing. Now, whether you file for Social Security early or right at the end of your window, your lifetime benefit may work out to be similar. So the system is designed that way so that if you begin receiving your benefit when you're 62, you'll get a longer series of smaller payments. And on the flip side of that, if you begin taking your benefit at 70, you'll get fewer payments, right? But they'll be bigger. So that means if you have a clear reason to file for Social Security on the early side due to something like a job loss or maybe your health, you can go ahead and do it without feeling like you're making a financial mistake or leaving a, a big pot of money on the table unclaimed. Yeah, the total is similar, but the monthly payments vary depending on when you file. So, and also, um, you if you die on time, following the Social Security's mortality tables. So, but another critical piece of the Social Security puzzle is that if you qualify for Social Security, your 
spouse of at least one year can base their claim on your earnings history. Right. You have to be married at least one year. Yep. And the amount your spouse receives will be either that either what your spouse earned from working or up to one half of your benefit at your full retirement age. So it's a little complicated. Whichever's higher. Yeah, whichever's right. higher. So, But any spousal benefits don't change the monthly amount that you, the claimer, r- receives. Right. It's just an additional amount that they get, right? Yep. And um, one thing to that I, I don't know, maybe you do, is that if there's any flexibility, if a person files for Social Security but then has a bit of, you know, buyer's remorse for whatever reason, do you, can you back out of it? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I actually do, Brian. So if you file for Social Security, but then maybe receive the kind of job offer that you just can't say no to, and you do have options to a point. So the Social Security Administration does allow you to withdraw your application within 12 months of filing. However, there are really three key points within this policy that our listeners should be aware of. Yeah, okay. that doesn't sound good. Let me let me see what happens here. Yeah, there's, there's always a catch. So uh, the first thing to be aware of is that when you withdraw, you have to repay any money that you or anyone in your family received from your social security application. That could be big. Yep. And then next, any family member who received benefits based on your earnings record, would, which usually means your spouse, right, has to agree to withdraw in writing. And then finally, you can only do it once. So you can't withdraw, refile a later date, and then withdraw again. Uh, You only play that card once. Exactly. That's right. So one more thing that people should be aware of is that even though there isn't a magic recipe to significantly increase your monthly payment, you can educate yourself about how the benefit formula works so that you can use that knowledge to your advantage. Yeah. And along that lines, we mentioned earlier that your social security payment at your full retirement age is based on your highest 35 years of salaries. And if you don't work for 35 years, those missing years are calculated as zeros. And if you're in that situation, you can actually focus on filling in those zero years with working years. So, and that will increase your averages and increase your monthly payments. So just keep on working. So if you've put in 35 years of work, you can still increase your average monthly payment by simply just continuing to work and adding higher years, uh, paid years in there. So this might be especially valuable for you if you're currently earning a much higher salary relative to the rest of your career, because it will just drop off those lower earning years. So that, so it's not consecutive. They just cherry pick the highest years out of the your total and uh, plug those into the formula Uh, to determine your uh, benefit. You know, I recently read an article that discussed how costs have skyrocketed for retirees and why Social Security benefits aren't keeping up that I think nicely reinforces the idea that as much as possible, Social Security shouldn't be your entire retirement strategy, right? It should instead just be part of your overall uh, retirement strategy. Yeah, and that's something that we've talked about with clients a lot is to make sure Social Security doesn't end up being your entire retirement strategy if something uh, goes wrong in your portfolio. Right. You know, costs for retirees are rising and Social Security's cost of living adjustments haven't kept up with necessarily those rising expenses. Um, Social Security just announced that they're increasing 
next year's benefit by 1.3%. So a person who retired in 2000 would have seen their average Social Security payment increase from $816 in 2000 to about $1,246 in 2020. And while an increase always sounds good, really a deeper look reveals that to have adequately kept up with the expenses, the, the payment would have had to have jumped from 816 to 1626. So it's about okay. $400 difference. Wow. Right. It certainly seems like inflation can put the brakes on an enjoyable retirement if you're counting only on Social Security. But historically, has uh, Social Security has provided a cost of living increase. Right. Which, and, it, and it was just announced right. 1.3% for uh, next year. Which increases benefits by a, a small percentage. Uh, but um, yeah, that's true. But, you know, the bottom line yeah. is that a small cost of living adjustment or no cost of living adjustment at all is putting more and more pressure on the buying power that retirees have. Yeah. Here's some examples of how much the cost of certain products has gone up since the year 2000. The average annual out-of-pocket cost for prescriptions has gone up over 252%. Yikes. Homeowners insurance has gone up about 174%. A gallon of heating oil has had gone up 172% with the, the oil uh, glut right now. That's dropped, but it's no guarantee for the future. Uh, the price for 10 pounds of potatoes has gone up 168%. And who doesn't wow. love 10 pounds of potatoes? <laughs> um, and the average monthly premium for a Medigap policy has gone up about 148%. So ultimately, while Social Security benefits have gone up 53%, you can see that the cost of goods and services that retirees use has jumped uh, almost 100%. So it's plain to see that even a generous cost of living adjustment is only going to get a retiree so far, especially if they like potatoes. <laughs> 10 pounds of them. So yeah, that's right. The, you know, the good news is that some people may have options when it comes to making sure that they have the right amount of income to maintain their quality of life, uh, their standard of living during retirement. Now, one potentially good, a good option is to set up a Roth IRA. So unlike traditional IRAs where you don't pay taxes on your contributions until you make those qualified withdrawals, a Roth IRA allows you to make withdrawals tax-free because you paid the taxes when you made the contribution. Now, essentially, a Roth IRA allows you to pay taxes on your money before it flows into your account, rather than paying those taxes as the money flows out of your account. And a lot of people ask, do Roth IRAs have required minimum distributions or RMDs like a regular IRA? But, and, and they don't. Nope. Nope. And that means uh, if you don't need the money, you can just leave it in your account so it can grow for your heirs or um for much later in your retirement. And so that kind of flexibility may make a Roth IRA a valuable component of your retirement strategy, but you have to make sure that you can qualify for one. Right, right. You know, an annuity is another tool that some of our listeners may want to consider. So when you purchase an annuity, you're giving an insurance company a, a lump sum payment in exchange for maybe a monthly check, often for life. And you can also purchase an annuity that has survivor benefits that will be paid to your spouse after you die. And it's important to create a retirement strategy that takes into account 
your income needs, right? And one of my favorite annuities is one that has an income rider on there that that guarantees a an income stream that you can't outlive without giving up access to your money. That's right. right. So, so a lot of these annuities are can also be accumulation vehicles where the gains grow tax deferred, right? Um, and then you can take income later if you want. So anyway, while Social Security provides a solid base, a solid income base for retirees, um, it's often not enough to cover all expenses in retirement. And many retirees should consider additional options for retirement, such as like an annuity, annuity yeah. right? And so annuities are long-term insurance products that are designed primarily designed to provide income in retirement. But again, some a lot of annuities today are considered accumulation vehicles. Downsizing a bit may be another way to stretch your retirement budget. We talk about this a lot in our podcast, but purchasing- yeah, we have a lot of clients that are doing it. Yeah, purchasing or renting a smaller home can certainly save you a nice chunk of money, not only from if you're still making a mortgage, but just in your homeowner's fees, homeowner's taxes, all of that. So Electricity, um, Exactly. And additionally, if your home has appreciated over the years, if you've been in there 20 or 30 years, you might be able to sell it and, and make a tidy little profit to add to your nest egg or clear off any remaining debt that will uh, hamper you in the future. And that, that will set you up better for retirement once again. Yeah. You know, if you have any questions about how Social Security fits into your financial strategy, give us a call and we'll run a social security maximization report for you to see what may be an optimal strategy for you when you start taking social security. Okay. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us today. Uh, So again, we want you to visit our website at stabilitypartners.com or call us at the office here at 832-559-8393 to discuss how we might be able to answer your social security questions, run that um, social security maximization report that Gene talked about and just address your concerns. You know, it's our goal to help you prepare for retirement and plug social security into it. So I, I guess this concludes another episode of Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. My name is Gene Casagrande. And I'm Brian Powell. And so take care and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Stability Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell at Stability Partners. Call 832-559-8393 or visit them online at stabilitypartners.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. Insurance services and products are offered through Stability Partners LLC and affiliated companies. Stability Partners LLC and Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.